Choose the right niche for profitability as an author with special guest Rob Kosberg on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Social Pilot, the social media and marketing tool for bloggers and small businesses. Join over 20,000 social media pros at servenomaster.com backslash socialpilot today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. We have another amazing interview today as part of our special interview series and our authorship special mini-series. Today we have Rob Kosberg, who I know you guys are going to love. He's going to teach us authority strategies and business growth using your book, how to strategically choose your writing niche to maximize your profits, and the correct order of steps you need to take when structuring your business around your book. Rob is going to take us beyond just authorship and into the realm of actually making a living as an author, which is so, so important. So let's dive into the interview right now. Hey everyone, we're really lucky to have Rob Kosberg with us today. He's an amazing and wonderful guest. He's the best-selling author of Publish, Profit, Promote, the three Ps that I absolutely believe in. He's the founder of Bestseller Publishing. He's the definitive leader in authority marketing and business growth strategies using a best-selling book. He's recognized for his expertise in helping coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs to publish, promote, and profit with their own best-selling books. He's been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Forbes, and Entrepreneur, and now he's here today with us live. And I'd love to start by finding out what was your motivation for writing Publish, Promote, Profit? Um, well, I mean, I wanted to be uh, part of a company that ate our own cooking, so to speak. You know what I mean? Uh, there's lots of publishing companies out there and lots of book writing companies out there. Um, there's a lot more competition than when I started nine years ago on social media. And, uh, and I just thought, you know what? I mean, from the very beginning, when I started Best Star Publishing, I started it because I had written a book that I used to grow my financial services business, and it started very organically. And I just thought, you know, look, uh, let's just do what everyone else is not doing, and that is let's actually use a book to grow a business just like we teach our clients to do it. So that's the idea. That's so great. Is There's so many people that either do it or talk about doing it, but it's great to merge the two things together. So I'm curious about how you got that first idea, the moment you said, you know what, I'm going to write a book. What was that yeah. first moment like, that moment of inspiration? It wasn't inspiration. It was, uh, it was desperation. <laughs> uh, it, was, um, it was a combination of, um, you know, the circumstances that I was in in 2007 and 8 during the, the collapse of the financial markets and, uh, and advice I was given by mentors, one in particular, Dan Kennedy, which, you know, is kind of the godfather of marketing these days, uh, I was a part and have been a part of GKIC forever and ever, and and um, it was uh, Dan's suggestion and and continued suggestion uh, to people to write books to grow their authority and credibility. And um, you know, he suggested that to me, you know, years and years ago, like going on thirteen years ago, and something just rang true to me uh, to do it. So I, I did. And obviously I'm glad that I did because it, it, it radically changed my business. My business exploded during a terrible economy. And, um, and I've continued to write books for my new businesses as well. Let's talk about that for a moment. Cause a lot of people, they say, I want to write a book and they're following emotion, but it sounds like you're talking about writing a book strategically. And I'd love to isolate that difference where it goes, Oh, I just feel like writing about this versus 
this is something I can leverage to grow my business specifically. Yeah, we do have a lot of clients that ask us that question. They'll they'll have ideas. You know, they've been wanting to write their life story, for example, for a long time, or or they have a passion about something in particular, and and uh, and certainly we want to help them to you know see their vision come to reality. But you know, if they want to make money with a book, if you want to make money with a book, then you have to think about the market that you serve, and you have to think about what it is that you actually are going to sell beyond the book. If you don't think about that and you just cross your fingers and hope that the book just produces magic, then guess what? You're going to be disappointed like 99 out of 100 other people are. Um, you have to think strategically, what am I selling? Um, you know, What's the purpose of the book? What am I trying to do? And you can still tell your story. You just tell your story within the parameters of helping somebody else rather than you know, look, I mean, does someone want to read Publish, Promote, Profit, or they want to read the life story of Rob Kosberg? They don't even know who I am, right? They don't care about my life story. They they care about themselves, and they care about, I want to learn how to publish a book and and promote it and make a profit from it, and that speaks to people. And and so that's that's true for, you know, when I write, and it's true for when you write. That's really, really good. Um, so you've been on this journey for a while now. You first started thinking about writing a book quite a while ago. So can you tell me what that journey has been like, how it goes from idea, desperation, creating the book, overcoming the financial crisis, all the way through where you are now? Because a lot of people see me, they think, oh, Jonathan's done. He's had a best-selling book. His journey is complete. And it's the business is still growing. So maybe people can see what it's like a little further up the mountain. What's that journey like? Yeah, well, I mean, it never ends, right? I mean, uh, John Maxwell is you know probably the foremost leadership um, authority in the world. And he writes a new book every single year. Uh, Dan Sullivan, you know, strategic coach is one of the big, biggest uh, coaches of coaches in the world with tens of thousands of, of clients. And he writes a new book every quarter. Um, so, you know, number one, it, it's not something you ever do just once and then you're done. Uh, I mean, this book has generated about $3 million in revenue for my business in the last 12 months. Why would I not write another? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Uh, yes, it's hard to write a book and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of steps that you have to take, but is it worth it? Of course it's worth it. So the journey, you know, the journey for me um, started very differently, uh, you know, 13 years ago because I made a lot of mistakes and paid people that made promises to me that didn't fulfill their promises and blah, 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 blah. That's part of the reason that, that I even founded Bestseller Publishing nine years ago was because I just felt like if there were a company that I could have really written a check to and trusted to do what I needed done, it could have shortcut my success even more, even though I was pretty grateful for the success that I had during a terrible economy. So, so I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> Maybe went off in a, you know, in a different route. But but the the journey continues, right? It's it's not the destination; it's the journey. You mentioned something there that I find really interesting because there are so many people out there trying to sell services to new authors or people that want to publish a book. It's so hard, hard to separate the signal from the noise. I get approaches all the time. People email me, go, "Oh, your book is terrible. You need me to edit it, and I'll edit it for just the <laughs> low, low price of twenty thousand dollars." Right. I'll fix your broken book. And I'm like, wow, thank you for that offer. I'll send a car to your house immediately because, but <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are. You get these offers. We get approached. I'm sure you still get these emails too. I get sure. emails all the time. People go, oh, you have a book. Let me teach you how to make products. And I'm like, you haven't been to my website, have you? So I can tell these service out there just cold emailing all the time. 
And there are so many people that they don't know how much should I pay for a book cover? How much should I pay for an editor? How much should I pay yeah. for formatting? How can they avoid following those foot traps? Because they're everywhere these days. There's more and more of them every day. Well, it's a good question. I mean, um, I, I always, always, before I buy anything, certainly for the last number of years, want to, especially if it's high ticket, uh, if I'm spending a lot of money, I want to work with somebody that's actually doing it themselves. And so, you know, um, let's take real estate coaching, for example. You know, if, if I was going to get into real estate investing personally, then would I want to work with somebody that, you know, wrote a book in 1987, a successful book on it, uh, you know, No Money Down, Robert Allen, and, you know, brilliant guy, New York Times bestselling author. But I, I, I think I'd rather prefer somebody that is doing it right now than somebody that did it years and years ago. And now he just primarily coaches, by the way, I don't know if Robert Allen is still doing it or it just popped into my head because one of my first real estate investing books I ever read decades ago. Um, so the first thing I always look at is, you know, are, are they doing this successfully for themselves and for other people? And, and, and if it's too good to be true, it probably is like, you know, if they want to, if they're going to send an email blast out and promising you, you know, that they're going to get, you know, a, a hundred sales or a thousand sales for a $49 email blast. I mean, come on, walk away. That's just ridiculous. No one, no one is going to do that. That, that, that is just going to be a waste of, of your money. So if it sounds too good to be true and there's no guarantee, then, then run. Uh, if on the other hand, it is a higher ticket service, then make sure they're doing it for themselves and they have proof that they're doing it with clients. And then it's trustworthy in my opinion. So that was really great start. And that's one of the things I think about is how people can approach structuring a business. I often, here's another question people ask me all the time. And they say, Jonathan, should I, I'm writing the book now. Should I build my website first? Should I start building a social media channel? And um, should I start building an email list? And they get stuck in that place. And I've seen a lot of people because let's be honest, social media is glamorous. It looks cool. Everyone wants to have lots of yeah. followers. I love to talk about reach, which is something I never understand because I don't know how many people could have read my book. I want to have people read my book, but right. people start working on all these other pieces. And I, what I, I know is that it's easy to end up upside down on the 80, 20. So what are the, the right steps or the right process someone should follow to actually build and monetize a book business? What should they do first? Write the book, publish the book, build a website or social media, or what is the right process in your opinion? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, depending on, on what they, they do and what their business is, they don't even need a website. So now should they have one? Of course. And it's so cheap to get a website built. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, but you know, look, I'm, I'm the book guy. What am I going to say? I, I'm going to say what I do and what I tell my clients to do. And that is look, the book is the foundation for everything. The, the book is, is the basis for it. Now, ideally, if you have a, a book and it's a book that's successful, meaning that it's like a legitimate bestseller and that you've actually gotten some media from it, like, like real television, radio, podcast, blogs, right? Now, that, that adds to your layers of authority and credibility. So let's just say that you have those things because I do think that those things are first. Then there's dozens and dozens of ways to use your book without ever having a website or any social reach whatsoever to get clients. I mean, you know, you could use direct mail. I mean, if you if you sell something high ticket, for example, like a lot of my clients do, I have clients that sell, you know, six-figure um, type coaching and consulting packages to, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies for, let's say, you know, 
uh, corporate culture coaching. I have a number of clients that do that. Well, you don't you don't need to reach tens of thousands of people on social media to do that. There's like 500 companies that that if I mean if you got 10 of them, you know you, you're making a million bucks a year just working with with 10 people. And so what would you do? Well, you you'd send a lumpy mail package with a copy of your book and a cover letter, FedEx to them. What does it cost you? It costs you know five, six, seven bucks to both print and ship it. You have your secretary follow up with a telephone call uh, to just schedule a get to know each other. I have clients that did that exact process with a brand new consulting company and did $300,000 in revenue the first year doing just that. So so there's lots of ways to do it. Uh, The book just sets the table for you, right? Uh, You can't just get someone's attention that's the CEO of a Fortune 100 company if they've never heard you before, they're not going to trust you. So you need something that builds that trust and credibility. And that's what the book does. Just one example. That's a really great example because I've never heard of anything that's that confident. Um, I have seen people that they keep a bag of books with them and they hand them out instead of business cards. So that's definitely the next iteration of that. Are there some strategies that are kind of in between where you can use your book to open doors, like literally sending it to people? I like that idea because that's so original. I haven't heard that before. I love new ideas. Yeah, I mean, um, well, you know, this is kind of a standard operating procedure for us teaching our clients. So like if someone wants, let's say that someone gets their client from speaking engagements and that's their primary source of attracting clients. You know, should they have a website? Sure. Do they need to know Facebook ads or any of that stuff? No, that that stuff I do because that's how I reach my market. But if they're going to do speaking engagements one or two a month and and they're speaking in front of their ideal client to, to make money and get customers, then great. Then what do you do? Well, you find the 50 conferences, associations, or, you know, direct companies that are like your ideal client. You find out who the the person is in charge of that association, in charge of that conference. You send them a copy of your book with a cover letter talking about your credibility and authority, the speeches that you've given, et cetera, et cetera. And then same thing, you have your secretary follow up uh, or even a virtual assistant. If you don't have a like a like a paid staff person, a virtual assistant, three, four hours a week can follow up. If you send five books like that out a week, which cost you Let's say let's say it cost you fifty bucks and another fifty dollars for that that assistant to just follow up with a telephone call. Then within about a month, you'll start getting one-on-one conversations with these conference organizers and association presidents. And and if you're decent on the telephone, you'll close some deals uh, because they're going to see you as the expert. They're going to have a conference that's coming up, et cetera. So a very simple and inexpensive process like that to get speaking engagements or to get actual direct clients is something that that we recommend. And and your book, again, sets the table, lays the foundation for it. I want to laser focus in on something that you're covering here that's really, really important is that once you write the book, the job isn't finished. Right. So many people think writing the book and then I'm done because writing a book, it's such an effort. I know that we're creating something. You go, Oh, it's out in the world. My job is done. And I know that's how it worked. Maybe 200 years ago with traditional publishers, you gave the manuscript and then you could relax for two years. But the real job starts once you start getting copies of the book. And that's when the really big work begins. And I think that's a mindset thing is starting to think of it as a business and thinking it's my job because I know I've spoken to traditional publishers and even them, they go, oh, PR doesn't work. You have to do everything. I'm like, what do you guys do besides drive books to the bookstore? Like, no, that's what we do. We're a trucking Nothing. 
We yeah. deliver the book. And I go, wow, for 85%, you'll drive a book. I can put it in my back of my mom's car and she'll drive them for a lot less than that. <laughs> I just got to right. buy her snacks. So <laughs> I, I remember that conversation. I go, that's what traditional publishers do. I thought you guys would get me on TV. I thought I was going to be hanging out with Oprah when my book was a big success. All these <laughs> things we imagine, but it's about being proactive yourself, even if you are with additional publisher. And yeah. I think how can people activate that mindset to go, you know what? I'm an author, but author is more than writing. Now, author means business and turning writing into a business and generating revenue, gener whether you're generating a lot of book sales or whether you're trying to, and selling a series of fiction books or whether you're trying to get speaking engagement to conferences or getting clients or building out a following and a mailing list. And so how can people switch into the correct mindset? You know, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I would say this. Um, it, it, it's not a problem just isolated in, you know, the book industry, right? Um, you know, like, I mean, you know, wouldn't people just love you to create a business for them? Like, I don't know what my business is. I don't know what I can sell. I don't know what I can do. Hey, you do it for me. I mean, wow, uh, that'd be awesome. Except I can't do it for you. You're the only one who can create your own business. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, Probably the first step is is uh, just understanding that there is nobody that that can do it for you in the long run, right? Even a, as you said, a traditional publishing company is going to keep the lion's share of the money, and even for what they do, they're they're massively overpaid because they're not going to do that much. They're actually giving you a check, oftentimes small. And you're going to become an indentured servant of that publishing company, right? They want you on the road speaking. They want you emailing your list. They want you sending, you know, to your social media uh, engaged people and lists, et cetera. So, no, you're much better off keeping the majority of the money and keeping the rights and control. Because if it's going to do well, it's going to do well because you do. Because you do what you do. Uh, there are companies like ours and, and others that will do a portion of it right? Like we book our clients on TV and radio and, and we do all of that. They write us a check and we get them on TV. And, and we've had clients on everything from Howard Stern to US News and World Report. And we have clients on media every single day of the week uh, all over the United States and the world. But that's getting them on TV. Like, and then when that TV appearance is done, they need to do something else, right? Like, like if they want to keep the thing going, then they've got to do something else on their own. So, you know, the, the you just, you have to, I, I guess I, I've talked for a long time after saying, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, the answer is they need to decide whether or not they really want a business that the book is the foundation of. And if the answer is yes, understand you're the only one that can do it. So when building a business, what are the key points that someone should take into consideration when they're deciding if this is the business model I want to follow? Yeah. Yeah, you know, good question. I do something I call the three E's um, for myself, uh, and also I've taught it to my clients, and it, it's really nothing more than a Venn diagram with three concentric circles, and, you know, the, the E's are um, uh, excellent, and that's what am I really excellent at? You might make a list of four or five or six things. There's um, earn, and that is, you know, where can I really earn money, you know, with this thing? And then there's, um, uh, 
what's the last E? It's for it's for audience, but that's an A. But it's it's basically everyone else. It's you know, is there a market for this thing? Like, are there people? you know, everyone else that's really interested in buying this thing I'm excellent at and that I can make money at. And if you find like the center of those concentric circles, then you find something that will give you like some longevity, right, in business. And I have to do that even within my own business, right? Because once you have a business that's that's going and earning money and, and doing cool things, there's lots of things you can do within that business. And so it, it helps you to narrow that down. So so if you're at the place where I don't even know what to do, then, you know, just think of, okay, well, what's at the center of what am I really good at? What does everyone else want? And what can I really earn money at? And 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 you'll find you know, maybe two or three things to focus on. Okay. That's really, really good. You've given me a lot of ideas. You know, so many people think if I just get that one TV appearance, I get on Oprah, I'll sell a million books, they'll make it into a movie and I'm done and I can retire. Mm -hmm. And you always hear that. And then they get that appearance and it's amazing for a couple of days or maybe even run out of product, which I hear about sometimes like, oh no, we ran out. We didn't have enough on stock or our website crashed. And then there's a die off afterwards. And there's that thinking about what do I do to continue it? And I think that does come from that mindset of this is a journey and I need to keep doing things, keep coming up things. I'm constantly going through that. You know, every time I'm always having new ideas going, how can I get in front of more people? How can I get my books in front of more people? How can I communicate with a larger audience? And it does require continual reinvention. And I think that is something that it's hard to embed within people, but the idea that what worked last year, like the things that worked for me five years ago with books don't work the same now. Yeah. The market is constantly changing. Um, and so how can you tell people who are just getting started out to say, here's how you can start out your journey. And here's some advice I would give you um, knowing that things are continually changing. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the only, I, I agree with you that they're, that they're changing, but the basics are not. And, and what's changing is maybe the mode that you communicate, right? Because you know, Facebook advertising changed the marketplace. And before there was Facebook advertising, there was Google and YouTube. And, but, but, you know, that's still going on, of course. And before that it was go to and overture and right. So really what changes is the medium. The, The idea is, is like everlasting. And that is, you know, you want people to know, like, and trust you. And, and that's how they're going to be willing to give you uh, you know, money out of their pocket. So how do you get them to know you? Well, you put, you know, something in front of them that they're interested in. In in our case, it's a book. How, how do you get them to like you? Well, they'll decide whether they like you or not as they consume your content. Uh, some people read it and they're like, you know, they give me a one-star rating. I got a few of those. And they're like, eh, it sucks. And, and someone else reads it and they, you know, they give me a, a five-star rating. Okay, well, this guy decided he didn't like me and this this lady decided she loved me and fantastic. That's all we want to do is just, you know, using a scriptural reference, separate the sheep from the goats. Like who are we going to work with? And who are we not going to work with? So, uh, and then we want them to trust us. And, and, and the same product builds that trust, which is here's all the proof that we're good at what we do. So you just need to find ways, as you've said before, uh, to get your book in front of people. I gave you a way to do that or a couple of ways to do that with just direct mail. And it's not that expensive and it's hyper-targeted. It doesn't have to be that though. You can, like I don't do direct mail. What I do is paid advertising on Facebook and we spend 
tens of thousands of dollars a month, sometimes as much as six figures a month to get it in front of tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people so that a few of them will buy and a few of those will write us a big check. And, and that has been working nonstop for the last, you know, two plus years. That's really great. I think that for some people, it's that first step out thinking about spending money on advertising. I know for me, the first time I spent my advertising, I was like, it feels like gambling. I feel the wheel spinning and I don't know what's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I've only ever played roulette once because all the money disappeared. I go, I don't understand the rules. The money's gone. So. Well, that's and, the problem, right? Understanding the rules is the issue. Yeah. So we, as an author, as people are getting started out, there's all these opportunities for them to do things. And I think it really comes down to being proactive and being able to do things that are a little bit new or a little bit scary and go outside your comfort zone. When I first started building my online business in 2010, it was just 10 years ago now, I said, now I can work from a basement. I never have to speak to another human again. <laughs> I, I thought, and I, I learned, no, being an author, being any type of online marketing, digital marketing, it's stuff like this where there's a lot of interaction. So right. it's actually about networking and people and communication and going to conferences yeah. and getting on phone calls and all of these other parts where you step outside your comfort zone. So what yeah. would, advice would you M give to Money people? still comes from people, yes. right? <laughs> Robots can't give us money. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. So exactly that. How can people or what advice would you give to somebody who's realizing they've already written their book and they go, wow, I've got to do things that are scary, that are new for me, or they have that stage fright. I, you know, what I get on Oprah and I freeze. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's like, that's the fear. And I'm, I know you work with people who put them on TV all the time. Um, maybe a little bit about how you coach them or get them ready for that so that they know that process and don't have a massive like failure. Well, let me answer the general question first, then I'll answer the specific one. The, the general question is you don't really have to, do anything that um, is outside of your comfort zone or scares you in one sense. And what I mean by that is, you know, the reason that I do what I do with paid advertising with my books is because like I've spent a lot of money and I've invested a lot of time and energy. I have staff people right here in my office in LA and, and I, th that's the way, that's the route I wanted to go. Like I never saw it as gambling. I really saw it from the beginning as investing. Like, like I can invest a dollar and I can get two or three or four or five or six back. Not, maybe not in the beginning, but once I get good at it. And no one has to do that, right? You, you don't have to spend a dollar or two or 10 or a thousand or anything. Uh, there's lots of other ways. You can use traditional PR. You can get on, you know, I'm on two, three, four podcasts every single month. Uh, that doesn't cost anything. And, and I have people reaching out to me every single week because of old podcasts that they've heard or whatever, where I've been featured on. So there's lots of ways that, you know, you have to figure out where you're most comfortable serving. You have to serve somehow, right? Where are you most comfortable serving? Do you like to, to speak? Are you a speaker? Great. Then use your book to get speaking engagements. Do you want to be on media? And maybe you don't want to be on uh, video media, but you want to be on podcast or radio, or maybe you're an article writer. And so you want blogs or print or whatever, like find your niche and then use your book to get you more of that thing. Um, wherever that thing is comfortable for you. And then, you know, um, maybe, uh, you know, more specifically, I think your second question was, how do you get people comfortable with, with various media? Um, you know, my publicist, we have three full-time publicists here 
Um, we train our clients because I always try to convince my clients to get on TV because it adds their credibility. Um, and, and we can get someone on TV if they have a book for just about anything, you, you name it, um, you know, because the credibility that comes from the book itself. And so we, we train them on, on what they need to do. I mean, it's as simple as, you know, sitting up straight and smiling and engaging, you know, so it's training is helpful when it comes to something like that. And most of my clients, I'd say the vast majority, not all of them, but the vast majority want to be on TV. And ultimately, if they want to be on TV, there's a little bit of ham in them. You know what I mean? And so they 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 want to they want to have a good time while they're on television. And that, that sounds fun to me, too. That's great. Thank you so much. That's such a great note to end on, like thinking about how it can be fun. Oh, yeah. We need to have an adventure. And definitely, you know, whenever I've done media, it's been a really good time for me. You know, right. just you realize, hey, this isn't scary. Like people are afraid to go on a podcast. I'm like, it's pre-recorded. There's no one in the room. That's like the best place to get started. I'm glad <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it's totally that. cool. Just enjoy so, yourself. Have a good time. Talk about what you know. That's such a great note to end on. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I know your time is valuable and we've oh, my had pleasure. a really good session. So thank you so much for being here. And I know people are loving this session. I'm sure you're going to get even more emails and calls after this one. Thanks, man. Well, great to be with you. And uh, thanks for the invitation. Uh, thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. As always, I have to record in the middle of the night. And since my home office is in my bedroom, I have to put up that special tropical background. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Even though I'm recording this in the garden, I have to record the videos in my room because that's where my computer is. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. You can find out more about Rob at publishpromoteprofit.com. That's publishpromoteprofit.com. And of course, there will be a link in the show notes and in the description below this episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Ready to turn your book into a bestseller? Find out what other authors don't want you to know at servenomaster.com slash secrets.